Uh, let's take a moment. I got a few things to share. Let's look at Second Peter this evening, chapter one. As you're turning, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we have together tonight. Lord, as you've already moved, as you've already spoken, as you've already uh, been here with us, we look to you for direction, for answers. Lord, to lead us in everything that we do. Thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. It seems that there are some who are only interested in a surface type of relationship with God. Um, Talking about people who have received the Lord. They've received Jesus as the sacrifice for their sins. But they don't really want the Lord to interfere with their life. Really to interfere with their plans. Uh, I don't want you to raise your hand, but do you know anyone who's like that? Uh, I mean, they have received the Lord. Uh, but again, they've got their life, and the there is capitalized. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, they're really interested in their own plans and schedules and interests and not really interested in the Lord uh, telling them what to do or uh, something of that nature, not really interested in giving a whole lot of their own time or energy or anything like that to the Lord. The question is, are there any drawbacks to that type of commitment. I mean, because my doctrine, my belief from the Word of God does tell me that they're going to go to heaven, okay? In other words, if a person receives the Lord, it's not then put on a scale to see how committed you are or how sold out you are. If you've received the Lord and have been born again, you are uh, heaven-bound, right? But are there any drawbacks uh, to living a life with that type of mentality and commitment. I'm really convinced that there are, okay? We end up in the same heaven, but there are some things that a person misses out on in this life. Look at the Scripture here. Let's read in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us. Don't you like that language? He's talking, uh, he's talking to saved people, brethren, sistren. He, he says, those who have obtained a like precious faith. Do you consider your faith precious? I tell you what, it is to the Lord. It needs to be to us. Very valuable, very precious what we have. He says, by the righteousness of God and Savior, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Notice that next phrase, in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, and of Jesus our Lord. How are grace and peace multiplied to us? In the knowledge of God, all right? Knowing God is key to having more grace and more peace. It's not distributed to us outside of knowing Him. It is in the confines of our relationship with God, a discovering type of relationship with God, where we're increasing more and more in our understanding and knowledge of who He is, that there comes increase of grace, which is God's ability, and peace, which is so valuable in our lives. Say, I want more. I want more peace in my life. I want more of God's divine ability working in me. 
comes through the knowledge of Him. I mean, that's something I can, I can work with. I don't like things to be presented to me where someone says, you can have this or this is available, but I don't really know how to get it. I just know, well, it's out there. And, you know, I just sure hope God would pour that on me someday. I mean, I, I know he's done it for somebody else, but maybe he'll do it for me. But if I'm given clear instruction that certain things come through certain methods, then I can go ahead and work with that. He says in verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's amazing now. Notice that language. All things. His, by his divine power, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means there is no thing pertaining to my life or pertaining to me living in godliness, having godliness in my life, that hasn't been given to me. But notice the next phrase again. Through, how does it come? Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. How do I walk in the all things that pertain to life and godliness. It again comes from the knowledge of Him. I must know Him. I must know God. He said, by which we have, uh, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, or ex- exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through what? these great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so I can see here that a big key to me walking in the life of God and all things that pertain to that, I must have a knowledge of God. I've got to know Him. All right, And, of course, we know this, that when we receive the Lord, we have access to all this stuff. We partake of His divine nature even through the new birth. He says we get, uh, we get all this stuff through these promises that He's made. But how many know you cannot receive something that God promised if you don't know about it? You must know the promise. Because so many of His promises, they are contingent upon us he promised them but they were conditional upon us in again different promises have different things that are connected to them but one commonality is that we must believe the promise and believe what he has given us we must know about it and believe that it is uh, available and then operative in our lives. If I don't know about something again, I can't partake of it. If the Lord has promised me great things, but I think He's just left me on my own, guess what? I'm going to be on my own, no matter what He's promised. This knowledge of God and understanding is critical for us living the type of life that God intended for us to live. This is a very precious faith. Okay, those who don't have the knowledge of him, according to this scripture here, are limited 
in their ability to partake of the divine nature and all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, this word knowledge here, this is what we're talking about. It comes from a Greek word that is, uh, that is called epinosis. All right? Epinosis. One Greek scholar says that about that word, because the word epi means upon, and gnosis is the word for knowledge, or one of the words for knowledge, one of the Greek words for knowledge. One uh, Greek scholar says what this means is a person uh, is to come upon or happen upon some kind of knowledge. In other words, they found out about something. They, it, was, it was something about making a discovery. A person made a discovery about God, and when they did, they got all things that pertain to life and godliness. They discovered something that already existed, something that was already there, and when they discovered it, they got access to all these great and precious promises. That's something we should be in the business of doing. Now, I don't want to act like that we are as believers seeking um, just from the standpoint almost treating ourselves like we have not already received. I'm not seeking like someone in the world might seek for an answer or seek for God. Are you listening? I've already got him. Okay? I've already found. I sought and I found. All right? You sought, you were found. However, there is still a discovery element within our relationship with God. Just like a couple who gets married. If you've been married very long, you know that when a young couple get married, you know that they don't really know each other, do they? They think they do. (laughs) But once you've uh, been through that and maybe spent, you know, a couple decades or something married to someone, you find out that it's a process and there are a lot more discoveries that young newlywed couple is still going to make. Even though they've been dating for a year now, they feel like they know everything about each other. (laughs) Well, how many know they've only seen each other in certain situations? Hopefully. Thank you, Laura. (laughs) But even going through certain pressures and dealing with certain things in life and so they've never had certain buttons pushed in front of the other person (laughs) and so there's a continual discovery or getting to know each other all right in many different ways that's a part of their lives likewise we who are saved we've received the lord we discovered him and all his great and precious promises the divine nature we've been partakers of it yeah but we are still in one sense discovering more and more about him as we walk with him as we uh live the christian life in communion with him we find out stuff that we didn't know when we first got saved all right and you first got saved all you know is woohoo it's you know felt like a honeymoon we are yeah we're in i'm clean oh i'm saved woohoo i'm going to heaven this is good okay now get ready to get to know him a little bit more amen, amen. and it's vital that we do that uh this word also uh just to give you some of the strongs 
words. It, it, it means a full discernment or acknowledgement. Uh, words used are to become fully acquainted with, to acknowledge. How can I partake of this divine nature? And I know we have it spiritually through the new birth, but to live this and have all these, the access to all these things that pertain to life and godliness, well, I'm coming into a full acquaintance with Him, being more fully acquainted with Him. How many know uh, we should recognize the Lord? Even though we don't see Him, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we no longer know, we don't know Him after the flesh. Not something we see, but we recognize God. You know Him. When you know a person very well, how many know, you know, they could call you up and, you know, forget about caller ID and stuff. They just say, hi, you know who it is. You recognize their voice. Or, you, or sometimes it's not even, I mean, their voice can be disguised because sometimes friends do that to each other. <laughs> but you know who it is anyway. <laughs> sometimes it's just the thing that they say or the type of thing that they say. Uh, and, and you know <laughs> who it is. Amen. I'm trying not to go there in my mind and pull back all the times that these things have happened, okay? (laughs) But we want to have an accurate or precise knowledge of God, being fully acquainted with Him. Does it matter if we are right or if we're wrong? Is it important that we have accurate knowledge that we have an understanding of things that are truthful and not error. I say it absolutely does. Obviously now, it depends on what you're talking about to what degree that matters. Some things are of very high importance. It's very important that we be right about, for example, our salvation, about the fact that Jesus died, took our place, was raised from the dead. You can't really be wrong about that one. There are some things that you can be wrong about and still be saved. Thank the Lord, because, you know, we'd all be kind of, should be getting nervous if that wasn't the case, if we had to just be right about everything 100%. However, to the degree that we are right, in other words, we have accurate, full knowledge of Him and who He is, His ways, His thoughts, His Word, to that degree, we know Him. And we can walk with Him. We can experience the benefit of all these great and precious promises. And if I'm wrong about something, if I have an incomplete knowledge or inaccurate discernment or knowledge of God, then to that degree, depending on what it is again, I will walk short of His full blessing. Okay. I mean, I can use easy examples like like divine healing, okay? A person can know that the Lord is Savior and be born again. But if they don't know that He is healer, if they don't know Him as their healer, then they will perpetually not have a spiritual resistance against sickness, Okay, when, th- when their, their body is attacked with sickness and disease, they won't be able to resist it because they don't know Him in that way. If you are dealing with 
physical infirmity. I'm telling you, you need to know Jesus, the healer. Now, don't don't, don't shut me off if you think, well, I already know him as that. Accurately. Fully. Completely know him. Intimately that way. Where you know that you know. We can grow in our knowledge of him as the healer, for example. And of God, of course, God is so diverse multifaceted and and he's the all in all he revealed himself to moses as i am at the burning bush he is everything we need him to be he is my everything and as i get to know him in different aspects of who he is i then i'm able to partake of that part of his being and of his life and it affects me if i'm lacking in some area of my life It might be because I don't know God in that area. I may know Him as something else. Do I know Him as my my protection? Do I know Him as my deliverer? Do I know Him as my my guide? Do I know Him as as my shepherd, the one who leads me? Do I know Him, again, as as my sanctifier, the one who sets me apart for His purposes? Do I know him? I mean, there's just a lot of areas here. But do I know him as Lord? Some only relate to him as Savior. I mean, they made the right confession at the new birth, but they're not really known because Lord means boss. Do I know him as chief, you know? Chief shepherd is what he's called. He's the boss man. He's the big cheese. The head honcho, he calls the shots in my life. I, I, I don't know. You don't have to raise your hand again. Do you know anyone who needs to know him like that? I mean, they've received the Lord, but it doesn't seem like they know that he's boss. I mean, they might sing songs about Jesus is Lord and all this stuff, but they don't really, you just get an idea that they don't really know that he is that. See, it's important for us to, to know him, to know God. Not just know about Him. It's important for us to know Him. I think we need to watch out that our relationship with God doesn't become too mechanical. Because, listen, there is an aspect of our spirituality of the kingdom of God that does have a mechanical, I don't know, function to it there is a science so to speak to some of the things in the kingdom of god there are some principles that we live by there are principles of faith there are principles that govern the anointing all right and some of these things are are true and i don't want to take anything away from that because i mean i really like to know which crank to turn and which lever to pull and make it happen and there, are, there is some truth to those things that we learn. I've learned with the anointing at times how to almost make it work. If you understand where I'm coming from. Do this, say this, <laughs> and whoo, there it goes. And it's almost like, wow, that was just like one plus two is three. And I did this, and I did this, and whoo, someone got it. And I got healed. (laughs) 
And it's amazing. But here, here's what I want us to watch out for. We don't turn all of our walk with God into mechanics. I'm not just to be interested in principles. I'm to be interested in person. Okay? Yes, there is a, a way to believe that we receive, and it's faith. And you can use your faith and, and implement the life of God, the anointing, and, and, and get things to happen. And we should do that. We can, should continue and understand these principles more and more. But it needs our knowledge of God is, uh, is important. It's, and again, it's not just our knowledge about God. But everything we know about God should enable us to walk close with Him. Sometimes a, uh, you, you may have a man that's interested in, in pursuing a, a woman and a dating type of romantic type interest. And sometimes what he'll do is if he knows a friend of hers, he will go to the friend to find out a little bit about her. And if he can discover, well, she really likes red roses or Italian food <laughs> or, so, or she really despises Mexican food or something and, uh, and he wants to take her out to dinner, well, he's getting some insights, right? Because he's finding out about her so that when uh, he will have the ability to be with her. And sometimes uh, we want to find out about God. Why? So that we can be with Him. We know what He likes. We know what He doesn't like. Say, there's some things that God doesn't like. Some things He hates. (laughs) And it does well for us to learn about Him. But to this end, not just so that I can describe him to you god is like this abc god is like no but to the end so i can know him so i can walk with him and if i'm sharing with another person it becomes real evident whether you're talking about someone you know or just someone you read about hmm there's a big difference in having a list of likes and dislikes and of someone's statistics and having a intimate knowledge and an intimate relationship with someone. And that's what we need to seek. Again, we can talk about prayer. I know at times past when I've taught on prayer, I, I teach prayer from two angles, both that I'm talking about here, from a principle standpoint. These are the principles that make prayer work and the different types of prayer. But also, prayer in its very simple form is simply talking to God. It's just communicating. Say, is that all I need to know? No, but it's a good start. And and ultimately, we can't lose that when we learn the seven steps of prayer. Seven things to do when you pray to get an answer. And that's, again, that's fine. But I don't want to lose the fact that I'm supposed to have intimacy with God. We oftentimes in churches like ours, we use statements like, I'm not, I don't believe in religion, I believe in relationship. Because we've seen too many religious people that weren't really saved. 
didn't really have a relationship with God. Let's not fall into the trap, even though we know that type of verbiage, where we become so mechanical. I'm going to church. I'm singing the song. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading my chapter. You know, I'm doing the things that I do, and there's no passion. There's no real knowledge of God where, man, I just, where, I just can't wait to be with Him. I'm not judging your face, per se. But I'm telling you, you know this. Sometimes you can see it on a person. I'm not saying it's all always conclusive and we can do it. But how many know sometimes you can tell in someone's eyes when they love God? When He's talked about, there's something there. When, we, when it's time to sing to Him, it shows through. And I'm not talking about you have to be overly emotional, but there's a twinkle in someone's eye when you're talking about someone that they're in love with, someone that they're interested in. It shines through. And if it's not that way in your relationship with God, where it's just kind of going through the rote, going through doing things, I mean, you're not necessarily just a horrible person. You don't, we wouldn't say you don't love God, but it's not living. It's not alive. Then that's what we need to get back to. I tell you what, that's what God intended for us. He never intended for us just to be robots doing everything right and doing all the operating in the principles. Right? He, he, he wants to walk with you. Sometimes we talk and you're not thinking about, okay, am I saying it exactly right? Am I doing it in the right order? You're just with Him. You're just talking. I have a hard time believing that when we get to heaven, we're going to approach the Lord with King James English. <laughs> Thou art God. I think it'll be much more the way you are, the way He is, and it'll be relational. And again, not to take anything away from great respect and great honor and the fact that He's holy, but it's a relationship, and we should never forget that. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. I'll just share a little bit more with you tonight, and then we'll delve into this a little bit more next time, I think. Sometimes when we worship God, His presence will begin to manifest. When we pray, His presence will begin to manifest. But I think it's important that we don't just do it just to get that. Well, if I do this, if I shout, and if I, then, ooh, I'll feel the anointing. <laughs> well, good. God wants you to have experiences with Him. However, it's uh, important that we do it just for the sake of being with Him. I want to. I want to know you, Lord. I want to. I know you. I mean, in one sense, we need to understand this theologically. Hebrews eight eleven is one example of uh, one scripture that demonstrates this. But we all know. Him. If you're saved, if you've received the Lord, it's accurate to say that you know Him. Jesus said, "This is eternal life to know Him." Right? You do know Him. But also, there's this other element, and this is, this is revealed to us here in Philippians 3 and verse 10. We know Paul's writing this book. 
And he says in verse 10, that I may know him. Well, that's interesting. Paul, aren't you saved, man? Don't you know him? He said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, without getting into all that, of course, not talking about him dying on the cross like Jesus did. The flesh. We experience death to the flesh and so forth. But that, that language there, that I may know him. The Apostle Paul, of course, he, he knew some things. He had revelation. The man went and spent a little bit of time in the third heaven, according to 2 Corinthians 12. All right? He had, when he got saved, he got a pretty cool salvation experience. I mean, humbling, but at the same time powerful because the bright light and the Lord spoke to him from heaven. And, uh, and he's saying after all this, and if you read the whole chapter here, he's counting all his accomplishments as a bunch of dung. He, everything he's done, it's just nothing. Why? So I can know him. After all he knew and after all he'd experienced, after all the miracles he'd seen and all the times that God spoke to him, he still had this longing, this desire in his heart to know him more. That, that word know there is a... Is a uh, a different, I think I wrote it down, uh, diff- a different word than the other. It's the Greek word uh, ginosko, all right? Uh, a, word for, a word for knowledge, but it's a word that seemed to imply experience. And uh, in fact, Jews use the, the word know even to describe a man and a woman in, the, in a sexual relationship. Remember even Adam and Eve? What did it say about them? They knew each other. What are they? Well, when they got to know each other, Cain came. <laughs> then they got to know each other some more, and Abel came. <laughs> so we know what, what, what is it talking about. And this is the type of language, all right, that's used concerning Paul. He said, I, I want to know him. That's not talking just mechanics and I want to memorize more scripture verses about him or I want to be able to list all the divine attributes of him or, or, or something like that. It, but it was an experience, an intimate fellowship and relationship that he was seeking with God. And he had had some. That's why he's saying, man, I'm telling you guys, I've done some things. I've had this and this. But it doesn't even count as anything. He had tasted a little bit. He said, I just want to know Him. I just want to know the Lord. I tell you what, that needs to be the cry of our hearts. There is something inside of you. If it's calling out. Remember the psalmist said, deep calls unto deep. Heard one person explain it this way. If If there's something deep in you calling out, there's something deep in God to answer that if there's a longing inside of you for him there's something in him that is there to answer that and there to fill that and it's a relationship that we're that we are called to have with the lord it's tight it's close it's more than mechanics it's more than science it's more than principles it's a living god revealing himself to us and i, I again the only picture we have of anything that comes close is the husband-wife relationship except it's not physical but it's a spiritual relationship but it has that intimate aspect to it and Paul wanted to know the Lord on the most intimate personal level
I believe that our looking forward to heaven shouldn't just be about leaving our problems behind. And I know sometimes people will, will speak to me that way. You know, all this junk going on in life and in the world, and Lord, come quickly. <laughs> Well, again, I understand people want to relieve the pain if there is any pain. We know that would definitely be a solution. However, what should we long for? I think we should be looking for not just the mansion, not just the river of life, not just all the glories of heaven, but we're going to be with Him face to face. And for the believer that has a longing for Him, they want to see Jesus face to face. Amen. We've got to keep that desire for a relationship so high in our lives. When you get to know somebody, how many know you, you can quickly recognize when they're happy or when they're unhappy? If you really know someone, I mean, they don't have to say anything and you just know. Whether it's, what you know, and whether it's body language or whatever it is, but, you know, most of us haven't been trained to look for certain things in, in body language. But when you know someone, you don't need trained. You recognize. And this is some of the, this is, this is some of the benefit of having this kind of walk with God. You'll go into situations and you'll know what He's thinking. How do you know? I just know. Someone will say something. You'll know whether God liked it or not. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, and I can't say I know everything. I, oh, I can certainly say I don't know everything, but uh, I do know this. At times, thinks, uh, someone has said something to me or, or did something, and I knew on the inside, I just knew God doesn't like that. Or other times, it's just like, man, God's pleased right now. He's pleased. And I sometimes know that in services. We're doing something. Maybe we're worshiping God, or someone's getting healed, or words going out, and there's just a, there's just a knowing. God likes this. God is smiling on this right now. I don't see Him. I don't necessarily feel anything, but I know Him. And I recognize, yeah, He's having a good time right now. He's enjoying this. Or times when uh, the Lord's not. Amen. So how can we have that? Well, we get close. And we have that intimate type of relationship with Him. Just like Again, people who spend a lot of time together. Oftentimes married couples, I use that as an example, but oftentimes they know what their spouse is going to say before they say it. They're in a conversation they already know. Now that's not licensed to finish their sentence. Okay. <laughs> However, you know that. You know the kind of things that they're going to say. And so you oftentimes know exactly where they're going before they even go, go there. And there is a there is an element of our walk in relationship with God that can be that close. You're just kind of right there, right there in step. little Half a step in front of everybody else <laughs> because you're walking in step with the Lord. And it's not just about mechanics. And I, I'm, I'm a strong believer in learning principles from this book. Principles of life and success and godliness and victory and and god wants that for all of us however let's do it with this mindset i'm learning about him so i can be close to him i'm learning the principles so i can know the person and so i can have that kind of relationship with god that nothing else can substitute for it 
And I'm telling you what, this will shine through your life. If you're a person that wants to win others to the Lord, I pray all of us are that way. But you know what? It's different when a person just memorizes the laws. You know, one of these programs like a Four Spiritual Laws or a Romans Road or something like that. And all that's fine and good. But if a person is really in love with God, they're so much oftentimes more effective than a person who just has a, a plan memorized. That's why I've seen, I remember this one young lady who got saved, just, I mean, came out of a rough, she was into some stuff, a lot of drugs and sex and immoral life, and had a dark look about her. There was just, you could, it was, it manifest physically. And she got saved, and literally the next day, you, you were shocked to see her thought what in the world look at that it was amazing but within just in a short time i remember i was with this person and they're leading uh, watching them lead someone else to jesus and they didn't know genesis from revelation they didn't know any anything that a whole lot of us know all they knew was i'm in love with jesus They didn't know a lot of stuff about God, but they did have an intimate something going on there. And, and don't get me wrong, there was a lot for her to learn. But because it was relationship-driven, she was effective in sharing that little bit she knew with somebody else. Amen. I want our love for God and our desire to know Him like Paul did, was saying, to come through our pores, <laughs> to come through our eyes when we... When we worship and, and you know, where, you, where someone can see it. What's going on with you? You're just in love with God. Man, it's amazing. It's so attractive. You know, praise looks good on you. <laughs> you know, when you're really in love with God, it makes you look good. And if you're half committed, half interested, that's not very attractive. It really is not. The Lord wants to lift us up. Amen. Amen. Let's stand on our feet tonight. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you all the thanks. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessing. We desire you. Lord, we desire to understand. We desire to walk with you hand in hand. To move closer, even though we're already there to move closer Lord I pray for those tonight who've had in their lives a diminishing spark the fire just really isn't there like it once was or maybe it's never been but I pray that you'd show yourself and reveal yourself to us tonight Lord, that those who have let their relationship grow stale or even mechanical, just going through the motions, that there would be new life infused into them tonight. Lord, that their heart would be stirred to know you as God, of course, as Lord, but even as friend. 
Lord, we just, like the Apostle Paul, we say we count it all dung for the knowledge of you. Reveal yourself as we walk together. Lord, thank you for doing a mighty work in our lives tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.